We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also follow me on Twitter at LJ Hybe. This week's guest is Dr. Francois Booker-Drew. Francois is intrigued by relationships, particularly building networks to address issues in organizations and communities. Because of her extensive background in leadership, nonprofit management, partnership development, training and education, she's been quoted in Forbes, Ozzy, Bustle, Thrive Global, Huffington Post, and other media outlets around the world. As Vice President of Community Affairs for the State Fair of Texas, Francois leads a department focused on community initiatives and philanthropy. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot of awesomeness to share. And um, in particular, you've been doing uh, some research. So can you, can you share with us what your research is about? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, I love social capital. So your podcast is like my thing because, <laughs> you know, initially when I started my dissertation, I was really thinking about this term called asset-based community development, which really is looking at how, you know, all communities, no matter how um, challenged they may be, have these assets. And part of that is social capital mm -hmm. and that relationships are found in every community. And so my advisor said, you know, you really like this relationship thing. You should check more into this idea of social capital. And I started learning so much about Coleman's work. And the first person who actually was found to, uh, to quote it and comment on it was this gentleman named Hannafin, who saw these um, parents talking. And this is like 18, late 1800s, early 1900s. And he saw these families talking and he made the comment that they were sharing social capital. They were sharing these resources. And so just going through learning about how this has shown up, I wanted to find out how women who were diverse shared social capital because there really wasn't a lot of research that looked at how diverse women come together and do that. And so um, I did two groups and the one that my dissertation was really focused on was a group of women who were from, you know, a variety of ethnicities, you know, ranging in age from about 21, 22 to late 50s, um, different religious backgrounds. And it's something to be said that when we create proximity and we create these safe spaces that people can connect, but it's creating the space to do that in. And I learned so much from that research. And I used um, the immunity to change work by two professors out of Harvard, Keegan and Leahy, and basically used that as a tool that's been primarily focused in organizational development. I wanted to see if it could be used as a tool to help women build social capital because it kind of served as an accountability piece and helping them think about how they wanted to improve and create change in their lives. And they were all leaders in some form of fashion. So it was just an amazing experience for me to see how that can happen when we create space for it to occur. 
That's very cool. I love that. What an interesting project that you've worked on here. It was. <laughs> so you talked about um, creating relationships within your your local kind of community, and it's very you said asset based community development was something that you're you're kind of working on. How do you identify assets in your community for a local business? So there is the the ABCD asset based community development work is is by two authors McKnight and Kretzman which some of you may have heard of because of um, their work in Chicago around organizing and um, they have just been so instrumental in this and so they talk about their five areas that you exist in every community that are assets it's individuals it is the local economy looking at businesses chambers of commerce. Um, it is associations. So those homeowners associations looking at, you know, sororities, fraternities, all of those. And then they talk about institutions as another one. So your hospitals, media, um, those are institutions. And then lastly, kind of open space. So for local businesses, it's really important to think about in those five categories, where can you find potential partners that can either create visibility? Are there opportunities for corporate social responsibility where you can do some of your giving? Um, is there an opportunity for volunteering? I think so often we feel like, you know, things don't exist um, because we're so siloed. And in every community, regardless of how challenged or marginalized it is, there are all these assets that are opportunities for businesses to engage where they can create a client base, but in addition, look at it as a way to give back. Yeah, that's great. I love the idea of stepping outside of kind of that little bubble that you're comfortable in and looking at all of the different components that your community is made up of. And, and so you identified five. So there's the associations, institutions, um, and, and well, the, the open space. Um, what other two am I missing there? <laughs> Institutions, associations, individuals. Individuals, yes. Local economy and the open space. Yep, local economy. Okay, individuals, like I missed. But um, yeah, that's great. And and to really kind of look at all of those and go, um, is there a way that I can get involved or partner or create some sort of um, relationship within any of these buckets? I think that's fantastic. And, and we typically forget about with individuals, you know, it's thinking about those who have been impacted by incarceration, um, looking at the disabled community, looking at our senior citizens. I mean, AARP has this amazing program called Seniors in Community Service, and they will place a senior citizen um, for 20 hours at a nonprofit organization. And this person, you know, usually can do anything. I mean, you don't want them painting on top of the roof or anything, but I remember having a lady who had a master's degree who came in and provided some admin support as a result of this program. So it was sharpening our already amazing skills, you know, and, and uh, providing an opportunity for this program to place them. And so there are those kinds of opportunities that exist in many of our communities. How do you start using that asset map as a way to identify them and then reaching out? The internet is such a great tool, but using that map can really help hone in um, those kinds of opportunities to help you grow. That's fantastic. I love it. So you've got a book out there, Rules of Engagement, Making Connections Last. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, that book is really based on my research group with, with these women. I started learning 
all of these lessons from these ladies. And I think that's the power of social capital is the storytelling. When we're in proximity with people, we can learn so many things. And I noticed the women in the group experience something called perception transformation is that when I'm listening to you, what I may have as an idea can change because I'm in a relationship now and I'm going, wow, that happened to you. It may not be my experience, but now I can identify with it. And so I took all of these experiences that I learned from the ladies, including my own, and created a workbook that has a number of lessons in it to help people think about the way that they engage. It was initially created as a workbook for women that are professionals and looking at ways that they can better engage by learning their own story first, because I think the narratives we tell about ourselves can either hinder or help the way we build relationships. And so it's really designed to make you think about what is it that you say about yourself and how does that contribute to your relationship building? But even though it was designed for women, I had a number of men say, I don't know why you did that just for women, because it applies to us. I've learned mm-hmm. a lot from reading it, too. And so it's open to anyone, um, you know, without being so gender specific with it. It has tips and tools that I think can benefit anybody in thinking about the power of narrative and how you can build relationships, knowing your own and using that to connect to others. I love that. I think uh, it sounds like it's a valuable tool for anyone that's interested in in networking and building relationships, which I mean, really who, who wouldn't want to be <laughs> involved in that? Um, yeah. One of the things I really liked is that it sounds like you put a big focus on your own story, which on this show, we end up talking a lot about personal branding and that's exactly what that is. So um, it sounds like you've got some really good exercise for those that might be struggling with that to go through and, and kind of help them figure out how to mess it, you know, communicate their story. That sounds great. Yes. You know, one of the things that I was with a young lady last night, and one of the things I always encourage people to do is come up with your own personal mission statement. Mm-hmm. I think when when you're able to figure out what your purpose is and, and what you want to do, then it's easier to, to be able to share that with others. But for so many of us, we've got all this stuff that's going on around us. And the personal mission statement really gives you an opportunity to hone in on you know what what matters to you and so I always tell folks Lori Beth Jones um, who's an amazing author um, she wrote the book Jesus CEO which you know I tell people it's not preachy it's an amazing book to just make you think about how we show up in these corporate spaces and uh-huh. you know, in life but her book The Path really talks about developing a mission statement for your life but you can go online and actually google um, her name and the uh, personal mission statement. And she has a worksheet that's, you know, several pages that you can download that can really help you begin to think about what is your personal mission statement that can help you then start to figure out your story and how do you brand yourself around the unique person that you are. Awesome. I love that. I think that sounds fantastic. All right, Francois, so the purpose of this show, Social Capital, which which you're definitely a fan of, is to really talk about um, networking. And my goal is to help alleviate any fear that someone might have when they hear that super scary word, networking. So can you share with our listeners one of your favorite networking stories or experiences that you've had? Oh, it's so hard because there's so many. You know, <laughs> one of the the ones that I am really fond about, and I talk about in the book, is my former boss um, taught me this tool that he said when he meets people, he doesn't start off talking about himself. He always asks people, "Tell me your story." 
And I found that to be so profound because one thing that we know, many of us like to share about ourselves and talk mm-hmm. about ourselves. And it, it takes away the anxiety of walking in going, here's my business card. Who are you or what do you do or what's your title and making it so transactional. And doing that to me can really create some transformational experiences with people by just asking them to tell their stories. Because in doing that, the synergy that you can find with a person, whether they start talking about their kids and you go, I've got kids, or they talk about, you know, something that's a hobby and you go, oh, that's something I'm interested in, or I'd love to learn more about. That for me has opened up so many doors and just allowing people when I meet them to tell me um, their story. But another one for me was when I was in college, volunteering made such a difference for my network. I volunteered and had no idea that people were watching me. Um, I was just going out teaching a group of high school students and I was a college student on diversity, which in retrospect, I think back and go, what was I teaching them? I was so young and so inexperienced, but the folks who were watching me um, were these amazing people in positions. And before I got ready to graduate from college, I had a job offer just based on the fact that I was volunteering and I showed up and I gave it my all and and tried to do things in a spirit of excellence. So I think, you know, sometimes we take those kinds of opportunities for granted and think that, oh, I'm just giving back or I'm just, you know, um, feeding people. Yes, that's important, but you never know who's in the room with you Mm -hmm. who's paying attention to how you show up in a space. So for me, it's always how do I make sure that I'm not just treating the people who I think are important, you know, great, but everyone who shows up, whether it's the janitor or the CEO, that I'm treating people with dignity and respect because who knows who's in that space and who knows who they're connected to who can make a difference for my life and maybe someone else's. Totally. I couldn't believe, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I, you never know who's, who's paying attention to you. I mean, you're so focused on your, we're all so focused on what we're doing and kind of concerned about in, in our head, like how other people are perceiving us, yeah. but we're, we're not really paying attention to who's actually paying attention to us. And yes. oftentimes um, it's the individuals who you least expect it to be. <laughs> exactly. It, it's uh, so true. You know, I tell my daughter who's in college about, you know, you have to pay attention to how you show up because mm-hmm. if you don't bet on you and believe in you, then it's hard for other people to buy into, you know, that doesn't mean you walk in and start, you know, I'm amazing, you know, and mm-hmm. doing those kinds of things. But I do think it's important for us to pay attention to these spaces and places that we occupy, because if we don't, you know, really think intentionally about how we're connecting to people, I think we miss out on so many opportunities that, that aren't always necessarily professional opportunities, but it's the personal opportunities to meet people that can really mentor you and yep. change your life. Yeah, absolutely. Really good advice there. So how do you stay in front of or best nurture your network and your community? Um, I am one who likes to immediately when I meet someone, I try, I used to be a lot better at this, where within 24 hours, I would send an email and thank them for meeting with me. Mm -hmm. Um, or if I got a card, I try to follow up with people and see, we can sit down and have lunch. It's become a little bit more complicated now because of the work that I'm in and the number of people that I'm, I'm blessed to meet. But I try to make sure that I'm keeping in contact with people, whether that is, you know, making sure that I'm providing valuable information 
on my Facebook page. My Facebook page really isn't a page of me sharing pictures of, you know, what I ate last night. I really use my page as a tool to provide information. And so that is a way that I'm able to still engage my network and people are able to see that you're a resource. Um, and so I do that on, on both Facebook and LinkedIn as, as trying to keep people engaged. And so I think it's important for people to think about how are you being deliberate in keeping people engaged and connected? So whether that is, you know, doing a, a e-newsletter or sending out, you know, a mail chip to people and updating them on what's going on, particularly if you're in business, I think it's important to think about what are those opportunities for touches and not where it feels like you're being a stalker and you're constantly sending people things, but you want to make sure that you're having these opportunities for connection. And even if that's sending an email to someone and saying, hey, we haven't talked in a while, I'd love to catch up. I don't want anything because it always bothers me when, you know, people out of the blue you haven't talked to in years show up and go, hey, let's talk. And you're going, where have you been? Mm -hmm. It's not manageable to think that you can keep up with everybody, but having these kind of intentional deliberate ways of of keeping connected to some degree is important. Otherwise, when you do need something, people feel like you're taking advantage of of them because you haven't been consistent in in keeping in touch. And so there's this balance that you have to walk in this busy world of all of this um, stuff that's going on. How do you use your social media to be more than a place of just showing your vacation pictures, but it really is being intentional about building these networks and relationships with people and keeping in touch. So again, people don't feel like you're just showing up out of the blue when you need something. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. That's really where that reciprocity comes into play, that yeah. it goes it goes both ways. You can't just expect someone to, to jump forward and and help out and be a resource if you really haven't been giving. Um, I mean, some people do, but it, it is better to go to be a giver at the end of the day. Yes. And again, you never know who's watching you when you're doing that. That's uh-huh. it's amazing to know that there are people who will never like anything you you put up, but they are watching you. So you talked a little bit about leveraging Facebook and LinkedIn for nurturing, and I think that's fantastic. Um, But also, you know, traditional is a valuable part of networking as well when you're attending events in person, as you you spoke to and share some stories in that. So between digital networking and traditional networking, which one do you find more value in? I love the face-to-face and talking to people. I like to be able to see... um, reactions. Sometimes Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and all those things are great because it's it's instant information sharing, but you don't get the opportunity to hear intonation and inflection and all those different things and body language. Um, y- you can't tell that sometimes when people are typing, unless it's in caps or something, you then go, <laughs> oh, okay, they must be angry. Mm-hmm. But I love the opportunity to have face-to-face get-togethers with people. You know, Putnam in his book talked about, you know, years ago, people used to have dinner parties. And I think there's a lost art that's there of having dinner parties and bringing groups of people together to share and meet each other. And I used to do these networking events where I would bring my friends together. I need to start back doing them again, but I would bring my friends together because at some point it is hard to do the face-to-face all the time. But how do you have these kind of dinner parties and these opportunities to bring people together and to share ideas and support each other, not just in the mastermind sense, 
but where it's just these kind of recreational spaces to build social capital. And I think there's a, a lost art there that sometimes we've gotten so busy that we don't take the time to break bread um, with groups of people to just get to know each other and be support systems. And the other thing I think that we've lost out on is letter writing. Um, it's so important to be able to send people thank you notes. And I have a, a young person on my team and I was so impressed that she told me, she said, you know, um, yeah, it's great to send an email. And I, I do a lot of emails because it's convenient. But she said, I've really learned the art of sending someone a personal handwritten thank you note because it says that I took the time and that I care. And so I think there are some really simple things that we can do you know, even in this busy society with all the digital technology of how do we continue having these face-to-face -face connections and experiences with each other? I think that, well, you've touched on so many great things there. Um, I love the dinner parties component. Um, as someone who loves to cook and host and entertain, I think I agree. It's not the way it used to be, but that's because everyone's so glued into the screens nowadays. Um, but yeah, the letter writing and the thank you notes, those people stand out uh, and it doesn't take a lot of time. No, you know, I can see a dinner party. There's a time and planning and everyone, you know, time is so valuable. Um, but a thank you note, I mean, I've got a stack in my desk and after I meet with someone, it takes one minute <laughs> to write it another minute maybe to address it and seal it and it makes an impression it does so and it just goes so much further than than not doing that right yeah that's really good advice okay Frostwas. so we've all heard of the six degrees of separation yes. who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with and do you think you could do it within the sixth degree yeah oprah winfrey I would love to meet Oprah. Um, she, it's hard to even say one with her because I'd love to meet Brene Brown too. I mean, mm -hmm. that's like world crush. But yeah, I think it's possible. I have some folks that I know who um, know some people know her and it's probably not even six degrees. I think we're all so connected. I think it's learning to leverage those networks that we have. Um, and so I'm trying to leverage that now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I was, usually I'm asking, have you started that process? And, yeah. and most people say, no, I haven't, yeah. but I'm glad working. to hear you're working on it. Good. I'm working on it. I am. Try Last night I was at dinner with someone and, you know, as we talk about the dinner parties, we just went out to this restaurant that, um, is very unhealthy and has some of the best <laughs> food on the planet. It, you know, I tell people I'm a carbitarian. And um, <laughs> we went there and it was so good. And so the person brought up someone who knew Oprah and I was like, aha, another connection point. We're going to work this, you know? And so I, it's being intentional about it and, and it's making the space to, to do those things. And even if folks say no, um, the person at, at dinner last night, I won't tell all the story, but she made a <laughs> comment that there was someone who's very well known that we all know that she, <laughs> she went to their home multiple times because she knew something that this person liked and just kept showing up, just kept showing up. And the person finally said, come on and sit down. And they ended up becoming a client. Now I wouldn't advise that to everybody because you might go to jail, but um, she already had such credentials and, and a network around her that it, it made it a little bit easier to do that. But, but what it taught me in that story is, you know, one, not to be a stalker, but two, it was, you have to be consistent. 
Mm-hmm. And people are going to say no and people are going to be busy and they're not going to have the time for you. That doesn't mean you give up on you and, and what you believe is important. And so you may just have to go a different way to get it accomplished. And when I think about authors like um, the lady who did Harry Potter and how many times she got rejected. Mm-hmm. And the one time that she just kept going and got the yes and what it turned into, business owners have to be consistent. If you believe in what you have and you've got other people who see the value in what you do, you can't give up on you and trying to connect to folks who could help you. Yeah, that's great. I, I think there's so much, so much truth to that. Um, and, you know, consistent actions generate cr- consistent results. So yes. you have to you want to see something happening, you need to be consistently um, pushing that out there. So um, really good advice. All right. I'm going to turn the microphone over to you and give you an opportunity to interview me. What is something that you'd like to ask me? So why did you come up with this podcast? What made you go one social capital? And because that's not a term that a lot of people really are familiar with. So how did you get into this? (laughs) That's great. Um, it all started because I wanted to start a podcast. And then the, the question goes, well, what do I podcast about? <laughs> uh, but I found that to some extent, locally, I was kind of labeled as a, a networking queen. You know, um, I, I attended a lot of events, but also if someone had a need for something, uh, they felt fairly confident that they could just reach out to me and I would be able to say, oh, you could you just have to talk to this person, you know, and I wasn't able to do it. But I do that someone who could help solve that problem. So um, I'm like, oh, well, networking, it's super fun. I love networking. Um, I think it's I mean, it's what makes the world go round. It's my business is very much, um, you know, referral based, which I think most businesses are to some extent. And um, so I started doing some research on what what to name it. Um, did you know playing with the word networking and uh, just looking it up, and and then I, I came across some messaging related to social capital, and just that that those that phrase really resonated with me. And so I started kind of digging into that a little bit further and the definition. Um, and then most importantly, is there another podcast out there with that name? <laughs> and there wasn't. So I'm like, this is it. We're moving forward with it. I bought the domain, captured all the social media handles um, for uh, that I wanted to use, but I, I, I'm really, it's, you know, my, my brand, but the, the message is around um, building relationships. And I love and, it. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. Good question. (laughs) You know, I'll be honest. I struggle with the term because I don't like um, capital. I know when I was um, defending my, my dissertation, my professor told me, he said, you need to coin something else, which I cannot figure out what it is. That has not hit my brain, but mm-hmm. I don't like that it denotes that our relationships can be transactional. And sometimes mm-hmm. they can. I mean, when you go to McDonald's, I don't really want to hear your life story. I mean, that may be cool, but I want my fries and my soda. You know, so so there are times that it is transactional, but I don't think all relationships are that there are those that are transformational and transformative. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wrestling even with the term because I think there's something greater in this networking piece that, you know, you and I experience in helping other people. It may be a benefit to us and and knowing folks and it helps your business, but 
we've been able to help other people because of these relationships. And so it's so much bigger than that. And so we're kindred spirits in this space. And I just want to thank you for what you're doing to highlight the power of relationships and what they can do for our lives. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your kind words there. But I would agree. Um, I struggled with the word capital as well. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's a give and take. Yeah. And, and it, it doesn't it's not necessarily related from a financial perspective. And that's okay. that's where um, I guess I became comfortable with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm still getting there. I have my moments where I get comfortable and then I go. I don't know about this, but what is the outcome for you in, in doing this? What does success look like for you? I'm, I mean, to some extent, I'm nurturing my relationships. Um, I'm also creating uh, valuable content that I'm sharing with my network. Um, and, and I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I'm building it. Uh, I'm meeting new people, which is awesome. Um, I mean, there's so many benefits that have come from this. Actually, I'm, I'm telling the world this, so I actually do it. <laughs> and now I'm literally telling the world by saying it on my podcast, uh, I'm writing a book about it. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I've interviewed over 200 amazing professionals on the topic of networking. There is some awesome content that can be transformed into a book here. So, um, and that was not an intention going in, but that's what I'm saying with regards to there's so many positive outcomes that have come from, from this podcast. Well, I love it. I'm so glad that you're taking all of this and turning it into a book. That is awesome. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you for that. Those words of encouragement because it's, it's heavy, but I, I'm, Ooh, yes. I'm telling the universe I'm doing it. So uh, <laughs> there's a level of accountability there. And uh, seriously, you put it out there. Uh -huh. I mean, I think that's the thing that hurts a lot of us in business is that um, we don't dream and put it out there. And so it, it's the accountability piece, but it's also believing that anything is possible. Mm -hmm. And so I'm constantly telling my kid, dream big. You know, it, there's there's nothing to lose when, when you're betting on you. Yeah. So I'm excited it. that you're doing that and that <laughs> you've got such a track record with all of these folks that you've come in contact with that you can share this wisdom and put it in something that people will have access to for generations to come. That's yeah. good stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much. So, Francois, any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? I think it's just getting out there. Get started. Don't allow fear to get in the way of possibly meeting someone that can help transform your life and your business. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, committing to, and I tell folks I work with, how do you make sure that twice a month you are intentionally building relationships and meeting with someone new? And if you can make that kind of goal, especially now that we're about to enter 2020 and make some kind of commitment and goal to saying, I'm committed to at least twice a month, you know, and if you can do more, that's even groovy. But if mm -hmm. you can commit to twice a month to having coffee with someone and meeting new people, man, imagine what your network is going to look like at the end of the year because of all the people that they will connect you to. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's great. Twice a month. And really that's 
that shouldn't be unrealistic. No, nope. that, that it's very, very doable. It doesn't have to be during your normal office hours. I mean, no. you, you can make time in it. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way they can reach you? You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm out there. And so I'm not on Twitter as much, um, but I'm there too. So at Francois on Twitter, and it's my full name, Francois Booker Drew, both on Facebook and LinkedIn. You'll see the um, picture of me and my kid on the Facebook page, but definitely LinkedIn. And I, I love, you know, reaching out to folks and talking because this work is important to me. It's, it's life work. And so you can always find me and send me an email. And I typically am very responsive. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was a fun conversation. You shared some great insights with our listeners. Thank you. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Francois for taking the time to connect with us. Join us next week to continue the conversation on networking and building your community. If you need me, send an email to lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.